Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Right, isn't that true? Like sometimes you just got to choose joy. Sometimes a tornado comes through your neighborhood and you don't take seriously the alert and then you need to just choose joy with the aftermath. And uh, I do want to say that if any of you guys yesterday, you really experienced some devastation, some property loss, some damage and need some help, that's where Blaze Church is a family mean that so please i already reached out our small group if you're plugged in a small group i'm sure your group leader was connecting with you if not reach out to us we want to make sure we take care of our family and so please uh let us know uh thankful that that we are safe uh but there was a lot of houses on our road that we went and walked around and just asked like how can we help you fences gone furniture gone um and we're here this morning so choose joy everybody and choose joy even even in the midst of every circumstance hey if it's your first time with us this morning um, or you're new to Blaze, maybe it's one of your first times. I'm glad you're here. I want to say welcome home to you. My name's Keith, if we haven't met yet. And I'm going to ask you to do something real quick. Take out your phone. Uh, if, you, if you have one, take one out. And then just scan the QR code on one of these screens or on your welcome guide that you got when you came in. There's a spot that says Connect Card. Take a moment right now while you're sitting. Get your phone out. Scan it. It's going to bring you right to a page. Again, first-time guests, we'd love for you to do that. That way we can connect with you, not just today, but this week. I'd love to get you a letter to just say thank you for being our guest. And before you leave this space, stop by our welcome home area in the back. We have a gift we want to put in your hands this morning for our first-time guests. And uh, Blaze family, you got one of those. Everything you need is right on that card now. You can scan for giving, dream team, small groups. We're trying to make it really accessible for all of us. Today, we are continuing a series that we started a couple weeks ago called Seed to Seeds. And I understand that as we talk about finances and money, especially in a church context, it can get a little weird. It's all right. Does it get weird at all? Just me? Okay, it gets a little weird. Maybe because of your history, you know, you just kind of like, I don't know, I don't like this when church steps into the money territory. My prayer that as we are sharing each week is you would know we don't want something from you. We want something for you. God doesn't want something from you. He's not a taking God. He's a generous God. Who's thankful for that truth this morning? He's a generous God. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And so what we're doing is we're discovering how we might live radically generous lives in light of the truth that God is radically generous. The good grace we just sang about, that he's so amazing. And we're discovering some principles, and we're using this image of a seed— we had, for the past two weeks, this visual of a mustard seed. As small as it is, it's got the potential to grow into a 20-foot tree and make more mustard. Is that another tornado? Because I'm so not ready for this right now. <laughs> They're doing something upstairs, everybody. We'll be louder. Right? A, a tiny little seed can grow into a 20-foot mustard seed tree that produces more seeds. And the plan that God has for our lives is that we would not live singular-focused, but that we would be multipliers, that we would make a difference, that we would grow in radical generosity. And so I'm going to catch you up if you're new. In the first week, we learned that every seed has potential. Say that word with me. Potential has potential. And that you and I have the potential to make a difference, and we're going to reject the lie that says, oh, in order to be radically generous, I just need more. No, we can be radically generous with whatever we have today. Last week— 
Pastor Amy, my wife, she did a great job. Did you guys appreciate what she had to share last week? It was awesome. I was grateful for it. I honestly was thinking I was driving home, streaming, and I was like, she needs to calm down or I'm going to be out of a job because she's killing it right now. She had a bird puppet. She had seeds and dirt and all this stuff. Uh, I got one prop I'm going to show you in a few minutes. But what did we learn last week? With the potential, we need the right placement. So even though you have the potential to be radically generous, if your worldview and your decision-making process and everything about your lifestyle isn't right, you're not going to produce more seeds. And we saw that there's four different ways to live. There's that hard ground where the enemy just takes that message right out. There's that stony ground where it gets no depth. There's that thorns and the cares of the world that chokes it out. And then there's good ground. So we've talked about potential. Say potential. We've talked about placement. Say placement. Today, I want to talk to you about patterns. Say patterns. Let's talk about patterns. And here's why. Because the best potential in the right placement won't produce seeds if the patterns are bad. The best potential, and I believe that in this room and online, we've got the best potential because you were made by God. You were made in the image of a generous God. In the right placement, maybe after last week, you evaluated and said, hey, there's a little bit of thorns here. There's some rocks here. I got to get in good placement. Even in the right placement, you're not going to produce, we're going to talk about that next week, more seeds if the patterns are bad. So this is our worship service on Sunday morning, but I also want to let you know that everybody here is at a funeral service today. You're at a funeral, and you know what we're going to kill today? Old, bad patterns in our finances. We're, we're going to get very practical. In fact, probably for the next 24 minutes and 20 seconds, you're not going to like me too much, but that's okay. I can handle it. Because I want to share with you from God's Word the principles that He has for our lives when it comes to our finances. Because today, we've got to make a decision to kill, to lay to rest, to bury some bad financial habits. We, we need a funeral service for these things. The title of my message today is, Old, Dab- Old Habits Die Now. Because how many of you have said this before, heard this, old habits die hard? I've always lived this way. We've always charged things. We've always put on a credit card. We've always borrowed money. We've got debt. It's always been like this. I believe today, as we explore some right path living, you and I might begin to kill some bad habits. Let me share with you the words of Jesus from John. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only, say these three words with me, a single seed. Remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces, say these two words with me nice and loud. Let's distract whoever's upstairs and blaze kids. Many seeds. It produces many seeds. And what Jesus is saying here is that if you take a seed and you bury it, you put it in the ground, it has the potential now because of the placement to produce more seeds. When you bury that seed, you're in essence killing it. You're putting it under the ground. But now it can germinate. It can bring forth more life. And likewise, you and I today are going to identify some wrong habits that need to be put to rest. They need to be laid in the ground so that we might move towards healthy living in our finances. Uh, If you don't think this is a big issue, let me share with you some statistics just from September. Two months ago, this is fresh. The average American consumer debt is $92,727. 
And maybe you look at that and you say, I can't even imagine that amount of debt. That's crazy. Maybe you look at it and you say, I wish it was only $92,000 in my life. Well, where do we find ourselves on that? Credit card, average debt, $5,300. Personal loans, $16,000. Auto loans, $19,000. And student loans, $38,000 on average per person in this country. Now, here's what I know from having conversation with people. If you're carrying around debt financially, whether it's large sum or small, I have yet to meet somebody who has said, you know, Pastor Keith, ever since we got into debt, our marriage is so much healthier. We have so much fun. We are passionate about each other. We don't fight anymore. <laughs> we, just, we have so much debt. It's awesome. I just love high interest rates. If there's one thing I love, it's just that 0% for 18 months, and then that 22 kicks in. It's awesome. It's so much fun. I haven't met anybody that said that. You know, the last thing I say when I go to sleep at night, I love you, Amy, and I love you, Sally Mae. You are ruining my life with your student loans. Come on, I haven't met anybody that says that. Nobody lives that way. We know that's true. You know that's true. Nobody's walking around excited and proud about their debt, yet we're all walking around with it. So I want to I bring you to a place right now. I want you to imagine, if you would, we're going to go in the twilight zone, everybody. Here we go. Imagine a world where something breaks in your home, and your response is, we can pay for that. Imagine a world where a church on the east end of Long Island says, on December 12th, we're doing a seed offering. $30,000, we're giving it away to other organizations, churches, and ministries. We're going to build a water filtration system in a country across seas. And you say, awesome, I'm prepared to write the check today. Imagine a world where your friend, your neighbor, your family member faces hardship, job loss, and you say, don't worry, we can pay for your groceries for as long as you need us to. Imagine that world. Now, how many would say that that's exactly the world that you want to live in? Go ahead and raise your hand. I want some participation here. We want that. That's freedom for us to say, no, it's, it's not going to set panic in my heart anymore. I control my finances. I'm in charge. See, it doesn't own me any longer. Rather, I own it. So that way of living is actually the way that God wants us to live. And I want to show you in his word today how we might get on the right path when it comes to our finances. Now, I was thinking, and listen, I'm right here with you guys, okay? I, I'm right here, facing the same challenges, living in the same area, all the same cost of living. I filled up my gas tank this week, and I thought the thing was broke, which it is now. Okay, I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I'm with you. Why is it that so many live this way with all this debt? And I thought about it, and I really think it comes down to just— one attitude. We don't have self-control. <laughs> and I know that's offensive, because I'm saying we. We just, we just don't have self-control as a society. You know, we'll look at our kids in the toy aisle of Walmart throwing a tantrum because they didn't get what they wanted, but you put some adults in a car dealership, and it's just a prettied-up version of the same tantrum. Sitting down on paper, yeah, I think if we sell the dog off, if we loan out the kids, we may be able to make this payment because I want it. I want the extra, and I want it now because we don't have self-control. 
Here's God's word when it comes to self-control. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So what God says is that self-control is like walls around a city. Now remember, when this proverb was written, walls around your city were very important. It was your defense system. It was how you were protected. And God is saying here, it's the same thing. If you put that city without any walls, that's like living without limits, living without boundaries, living without self-control. So often we read God's word and his principles and his ways for our life, and we think you're just trying to stop my fun with all of your limits. And yet how many know that if we don't have limits in our life, that's not where fun is, that's where chaos is. You ever seen somebody live without limits? You ever seen somebody driving without limits, like the rules of the road don't apply to them? You're not thinking, oh, they're just having so much fun. I just wish I could drive like that. You're thinking, what's wrong with you? You're endangering everybody around you. When we don't have self-control, we live without limits, we don't have a defense system. And I don't know about you guys, but my inbox is already getting blown up with deal of the day, 30 minutes left on Amazon. I didn't even know I needed the item. Somehow they knew I needed it and now told me I have 30 minutes to make a decision if I'm going to buy it or not. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, I really want this. Can I afford this? Wait, here's what self-control is. It's a pre-decided no to the deal of the day. It's walls around the city. It's when that comes, if I don't have the money for it, I don't buy it because I have self-control. When that opportunity comes, if I don't need it, then I can say no to it because I have a wall around my city. So we want to discover how to do that today. We're going to be very practical. If you're not taking notes yet, start at this point in the message. I want you to write down some things. And I was asking the Lord this week, and I was like, okay, where are we going on Sunday? Like, I know we're going to talk about debt. We're going to talk about finances and principles and get really practical. But like, where are we going to, where are we going to pull this from, Jesus? And as I'm sitting on my couch, I just, we have Psalms 23 on our wall in a picture frame in our living room. And, and I just looked up and I saw Psalm 23. And my response was, um, Jesus, I think we got this wrong, bro. I need a money passage. There's nothing about money in Psalm 23. Let's try again. The connection's loose. I was like, no, no, Psalm 23. Because if you're not familiar with Psalm 23, it is such an encouraging song that talks about peace and comfort. And so here's who I'm specifically speaking to this morning, because I can't speak to every individual, but here's who I am speaking to. If right now you know that there is lack of peace— in your area of finances, if you're worried about how to make the next payment, if you feel like you're drowning in debt, if there's no calm, if there's no plan, I want you to be encouraged today by Scripture. Because I'm grateful that when we gather at Blaze Church, we don't come here to get beat up, we come here to get built up. Amen? We come here to be encouraged by the Word of God. And so I want to show you how Psalm 23 is actually a great passage of Scripture for us to discover how God wants us to live our lives in the area of finances. Look at the first verse. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Could you imagine saying that and truly believing it in your life? When the opportunity comes, when the deal of the day comes, when the moment comes for more, you say, wait a second, I have all that I need. How can you have all that you need? I, I could see something you don't have. Oh, it's because the Lord's my shepherd. It's because he's leading me, he's guiding me, he's giving me peace, he's directing my steps. 
Maybe today, as we're talking about self-control, and I'm sure your wheels are spinning, you're already thinking like, hey, I want to live different. How do I live different? We're going to get practical in a minute. But it starts with this truth. You need to know the Lord as your shepherd. You've got to know Jesus today, everybody. You've got to really know the God that we're singing about, that we're reading about, who came to this world to save you and rescue you and make you new. My question is, do you know him as your shepherd? Here, I'll say it this way. Self-control is a fruit of knowing God as shepherd. We see in Galatians that self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit, meaning it's, a, it's something the Holy Spirit produces in our life. So if you're lacking self-control today in the area of your finances, I'm not encouraging you to start getting more self-control. I'm saying start to get Jesus more. Start to know Him more. Discover who He is. Fall in love with your Savior. Get to know Him. Because by knowing Jesus, self-control is going to start to be produced in our lives. So that's our starting point. The psalmist goes on. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Is Discover Card letting you rest in green meadows? Come on, is Wells Fargo leading you beside some peaceful streams as they remind you, hey, just want you to know, we tacked on the 18% for you. You don't even have to do the math. It's all at the bottom of the statement. Have peace. Come on, that, that's not how you're living if you're in debt. There's a shepherd who wants you to find rest. There's a shepherd who wants to lead you near peace. David goes on and says, he renews my strength. He guides me along, say these two words with me, nice and strong, right paths. We're going to talk about that. He's guiding us along right paths, bringing honor to his name. I, I just, I love the visuals that David, who wrote this psalm, is giving us. Beautiful, peaceful, strength-renewing, can I ask you, does that describe your finances? Does it describe your patterns? There's a shepherd who wants to lead you down the right paths. I want to show you just five mile markers that you might find if you have right path living in your finances. Okay, so again, if, if you're not writing, start writing here. Write these five. This is, these are five signs. If you were to walk on the right path Biblically, in your finances, you will see these five signs. I'm going to show them to you from a book called Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. Give you some principles today. The first sign that you would see on that path is simply the sign that says, save. Go ahead, say that with me. Save. Save. Like a savings account. Like money on hand. Here's what Proverbs says in 2120. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Pastor Keith, are you calling me a fool? No. God is. <laughs> I pity the fool. God's looking and he's saying, oh my goodness, it is so foolish for you to spend whatever you get. You know that's true. You know there'll always be more month than money. Something will always come up, but the wise, they have wealth. They're saving. There's investing. There's something on hand. Uh, Dave Ramsey. Who's familiar with Dave Ramsey? Go ahead and get, lift your hand. I can see some hands going up. Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey has helped millions of people figure out biblical patterns for their finances. Get out of debt. Live like nobody else now so you can live like nobody else later. Amy and I have been practicing his principles for years in our finances. The first baby step that he gives is simply save $1,000. 
because the majority of people haven't done that. We just spend whatever we get, and then we wait for more to come in, and we spend whatever we get. There's a wiser way to live. Here's the second thing that you'll see on the path to right way living is pay off debt. Go ahead and say that with me. Pay off debt. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. And we wonder why they call it MasterCard. <laughs> Who's in charge? Who's calling the shots? Pay off debt. When we borrow, we position ourselves to be slaves to whoever we're borrowing from. That's Scripture's word. In fact, there's a verse in the New Testament that says, Owe no one nothing except to love them. Like, we shouldn't be thinking, I got to make this payment, I got to pay that off, I, I need to borrow from here and there. God's just saying there's a different way to live. I know everybody lives that way. The average American lives that way. God has a right path living for us that's free to say, I'm not, I'm not going to live that way. Here's a third sign that you would see on right path living. It's the word give. Say that word with me. Give. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce. I'm going to talk a lot next week as we wrap up on what giving is and how we start the process. But even for Dave Ramsey, when he coaches people with his seven baby steps, built in on the front end is tithing. Just giving to the Lord. Just, just bringing back to him what is his. Because he blesses the rest when we trust him with the first and the best. It's, just some, it's biblical. It's just a principle there. We, we explain it to our kids this way. God can do way more in 90 than we can do with 100. We just bring back to him the first 10% and just trust him to bless the rest of that finances. So we'll talk about giving next week. Here's the fourth one. Work hard. Say that with me. Work hard. Work hard. Go to the ant, Proverbs 6, 6 says. Go to the ant, you sluggard. You're glad you came to church today. You've been called a fool. You've been called a sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. How many know it's a good thing to work hard? Can I hear amen? Sound like there was a lot more amens from Gen Xers than millennials. I don't know what that's about. I'm a millennial, so I can make fun of myself. Okay, everybody? Work hard. Like, there's a good place to go if you don't have money. Work. It's just, just he, he says, just go to the ant. The ant just works. Just you got to store up. Now, once you have that money, here's the fifth thing that you got to do. And this is real important for us to understand. It's simply the word budget. Say budget. Budget. Or plan. Get on a budget. Here's what Scripture says. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. What does that have to do with today, Pastor Keith? Well, when this was written— your economy was attached to your agriculture and your farming, flocks and crops. And the proverb writer is saying, you need to know what's coming in, how many, how many little lambs you have, who's getting sheared soon so you can sell some wool off. Like, you got to know the condition there. Do you know where your money goes? So many people have no idea. They just, I don't know where it went, but it's not here anymore. <laughs> Somebody took it. Nobody took it. You spent it. So do what I do. When you want to know where your money goes, look up in your app where it went. Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. That's mine. <laughs> just, just track it. I'm not telling you to change anything right now. I'm just telling you to start to be aware. That's the first step. You've got to be aware. If you don't know where your money's going, then you're not budgeting, you're not planning. And then when a moment comes up, when a hardship comes up, when an opportunity comes up to be generous, 
You're not going to even know how much you can give because you don't even know how much you have right now. And I'm being very forward today and practical because I believe that God has more for us. I believe that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, that means everything, and it includes our finances. We say, these are yours now, Lord. As we learned in the first week, I'm not an owner. I'm a manager. It's yours. Not just the first 10%, all of it. What are you calling me to do with your money? And what are we seeing? Work hard, budget, pay off debt, save, give. This is God's plan for our finances. Now, as you hear this, maybe you feel overwhelmed. That's all right. Maybe I'm throwing so much at you and you're saying, but where do I even start? Because I'm so drowning in debt. I'm such in a hole. The, the expense is way higher than the income every single month. Where do I start? And so I want to ask you to start by writing down this web page. Just start exploring. It's simply this, fpu.com. Financialpeaceuniversity.com. I want you to write that down. I want you to take a picture. I want you to remember it. I want you to go visit that. That is Dave Ramsey's webpage where they've helped, through Financial Peace University, millions of people. We're some of them right here. In fact, if you've gone through Financial Peace University or you've used those principles, can you just raise your hand to encourage the people around you? Yeah, take a look around. It's okay to stare at people right now. We've had small groups. Dog, now stop staring. They're getting feeling awkward. We've had small groups run with this. We've had people coach people through this. We've got people currently who can answer questions about this. This is baby steps on how to get out of debt. Now, those of you who have gone through Financial Peace University, do you have a little more peace in your finances? Can I get an amen from you? Yeah. Not perfect. Maybe you're on baby step two, which is pay off debt. Maybe your debt is so high that it's just where you are. You're just paying it off. So then you get to baby step three. Save three to six months worth of expenses. Baby step four, start to invest in retirement accounts. Five, invest in college funds for your kids. Six, pay off your mortgage early. And seven, give like nobody else. It's, it's a different way of living. It's a way that's marked by self-control. So many people are living without limits. And as your pastor, I'm cheering you on to live with limits. There's resources out there. You can sign up for a year subscription of this and you get coaching and videos and a budgeting app and everything right on that fpu.com. Now I have people raise their hand to say, we've done it, we're living differently. It's gonna be a little harder. But I wanna partner with you and I wanna pray with you. How many here would say, Pastor Keith, like I just feel like this is so big. I, just, I need help getting out of this and I love prayer. Anybody willing to raise their hand? I know it's a big one. You're like, the class is gonna look at me. It's okay. Anybody hand say, Pastor Keith, I would just love some help with figuring this out. Christine, we want to bless you with a one-year subscription to Financial Peace University. And so that's yours. And we'll email you a subscription. We gave one away in the 930 as well. And uh, we just want to cheer you on. Want to cheer you on. We're a church that partners. And if you're saying, I want some help, connect with me afterwards. Um, we just, we just, I'm telling you, if you can get free in your finances— in this area that just grips us. Jesus said you can either serve God or you can serve what? Money. It's that powerful that Jesus says there's actually something about this that we serve, that we surrender our lives to. There is something about freedom, and I believe all of us can take a step towards it. Let's keep reading. Verse 4 of Psalms. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. 
for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Okay, so here's what I need you to know. Otherwise, I'll be preaching a problem. Honoring the Lord with your finances does not mean that you're not going to face financial hardship. The refrigerator is still going to blow up. The car is still going to stop working when you least want it to. Job loss will still happen. You'll still go through the darkest valley. But you won't go through it alone. You may not expect it, but God's plan means that we can be prepared for it. Remember that Twilight Zone world that we all stepped into a few minutes ago? Where when something goes wrong, we say, oh, I was, I was planning for you. Go ahead. I could buy something right now. I could fix this because I've been living like nobody else. I've got margin. We go through the darkest valley. The Lord, he's already, he's with us. There's a peace that's there. He goes on. He says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Do you know what the greatest blessing is that you and I have as believers? It's Jesus. It's Him. That He's preparing a feast for us. Even in the presence of the hardest moments, enemies, there He is, His presence in our lives. Saying, hold on a second. I've got, I've got you. There's a prayer I pray every single day. And I didn't make it up. I stole it from another pastor. So you can steal it from me if you'd like to pray this every day. I pray this every day during my prayer time. And here's what it is. Lord, Give me more than I need so I might be a blessing to someone else. Give me more than I need. I, I want to overflow. Why? So I can live extravagant. No, 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 not that. So I can be a blessing to someone else. So I can make sure that others around me have their needs taken care of. God wants to overflow us with his blessings so that we might be a blessing to others. Seed to seeds. And the psalm ends this way. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this morning we're talking about bad financial patterns that we need to kill, that we need to lay to rest. The overspending, the buying things we don't need, the living without limits, the, the not working, all of that. Okay, we can take care of that, but there is a debt that you take care of. It's our sin debt. There's a proverb that says, deliver yourself from the snare of the fowler. Dave Ramsey talks about it. You'll see it on his website. This gazelle intensity that you've got to just get running and get moving out of that debt. You deliver yourself. But hear me, you cannot deliver yourself from sin. Only Jesus could. It's the gospel. Paul says it this way in Romans, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's almost as if every time we sin, every time we reject Jesus, we're earning for ourselves this death. But God has paid the price so that you and I might be new creations in Him. It's a free gift. You can't work for it. You don't deserve it. God gives it to us. Paul says this in Colossians. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sin having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. If you believe that's true, can we give God a minute of praise that he's the one who has taken away our debt? It's been nailed to the cross. It's gone. The debt that Jesus didn't owe, he paid on your behalf. Let me pick on Josh. Josh, imagine that 
you've got all this debt. I don't know Josh's debt. You've got student loan debt, card debt. You're an average American, credit cards and card, student loans and home and all that. Tomorrow morning, or whenever the mail comes by you, you get your letter in the mail, and you open it up. It says, Mr. Palmieri, we would like to inform you that all debt has been paid for on your behalf. Car loan gone, student loan debt gone, credit cards gone, your house is paid off because of the radical generosity of your favorite preacher, Pastor Keith and Davino. <laughs> now, Josh is my neighbor. He lives right down the road from me. I can guarantee what will happen is Josh is going to come running towards my house, and he's going to thank me. And I'm probably never going to have to rake my own leaves again. He's just going to say, I got you, man. Whatever you need, I got it. I'm going to wake up in the morning. There's going to be fresh baked pies on my porch, signed Josh Palmieri, right? Just, just gratitude and thanksgiving because somebody paid the debt as Jesus paid the biggest debt that you and I ever have. How can we not live with thanksgiving in our hearts to him for all he's done? Surrender our whole lives, including our finances, to say this is yours now. You redeemed it. So we sang, Jesus, our redemption. That means he purchased us because he loves us. Not to make us slaves. He says, I no longer call you slaves. You're children of God. You're friends of God. He's got a good plan for our lives. And my prayer is that today you and I would recognize right path living in our finances. So start somewhere. I suggest you start with fpu.com. Start taking some of their assessments and find out, okay, wh where do I go? I need coaching. I need help here. I need resources. God has a better way for us to live that is not normal. It's normal to have consumer debt. I don't want to live normal. I want to live the way God wants me to live. I want to have margin. I want to have retirement accounts. I want to have everything that God has for saving, investing, giving, paying off debt, budgeting, working hard. Come on. I believe God's got a plan. And you have the potential. Let's kill the old patterns and let's walk in the new one. Today, we're going to celebrate Jesus through communion. We're going to take together and worship our God who paid off a debt that you and I could never pay off because he loves us. And so the worship team will join me on stage and we're going to pray and then our welcome team's going to come and they're going to hand out the communion elements. But before they do, I want to pray for you. So would you stand up with me as I just pray that somewhere in all of this, you're listening to what God is saying. His word that we read this morning, all over Scripture, and that there would be encouragement in your heart, that you would say, you know what? I want to get on the right path. Some of you, you're younger, you're students. How beautiful that you can start on the right path. Isn't that awesome, adults? Imagine students in this place starting on the right path. Come on, that, that's, that's awesome. But listen, no matter where you are in life, maybe you're in retirement years and you're wondering, when can I stop working? I feel like I can never stop. It's not too late to start today. God's plan, his redeeming power. May we live different because of who he is. And so let me pray for you right now. Would you bow your heads? And, and I want to pray that you would know this God who loves you. First, I want to invite you to put your faith in him. You're hearing about sin. You're hearing about debt. You're hearing about a savior who went to the cross for you. Right now, maybe you've never called on his name. And this is a moment. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for paying the debt that I owed. We're going to pray as a church, and I'm going to invite you to say that prayer. So let's say this. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. 
He paid my debt. He took my sins to the cross. And I believe that without Him, I'm lost. But in Him, I am found. Today, I surrender my life. I give you all of me. I am yours. And I'm made new. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, Lord, I pray for every person in this space and those online that we would commit to you our whole lives. In this moment, maybe you're, you just have a desire to honor the Lord in your finances. Would you be so bold right now to raise your hand with me to say, I just want to honor the Lord in my finances. I want to pray over you. It's, a, it's an act of surrender right now to just say, I want to honor you, Jesus. Lord, with our hands up, we're saying we want to honor you. We want to live out these right pathways. We recognize that all that we have is yours. We thank you that today is a day of stirring something up in us, encouraging us to live different, to give you our very best. So God, I pray your blessing. I pray that you would empower us. Lord, that you would cause us to put to death the old patterns, the old habits, and to take on the new ones that you have for our lives. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.